Welcome to the Innovation Insiders podcast. In this series, we'll offer you a peek behind the curtains of some of the world's largest organizations. We'll dive into the heart of innovation and AI. And in about 20 minutes, we'll uncover the strategies and stories that drive these industry giants forward. Tap into the brains of innovation leaders. Welcome, everyone. I'm here with Nick Tate. Nick is the VP of and head of Next, Helion's innovation venturing, venturing arm and part of the global marketing leadership team at Helion. He launched multiple new health brands and partnered with billion-dollar brands with the ambition to change everyday health. Helion is one of the largest consumer healthcare businesses in the world and with brands including like Sensodyne Toothpaste and Advil Painkillers, and Nick has worked in innovation for the past two decades or more in agency and corporate side. Uh, and you truly bring an intriguing blend between brand marketing and innovation leadership. So I'm excited to have you here, Nick. And uh, yeah, curious to know whether there's anything that I've missed. No, great to be here. Thank you, Vincent. And uh, no, I think you did a, you're a great job. I always feel a bit funny when people do intros like that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think it's been an interesting, it's such an interesting time for innovation. And I think, you know, the last 20 years I've seen, I've seen these sorts of problems and solving different problems with different solutions from the sides of a creative agency or startup or a big consultancy or, you know, five years as a client. So you, you tend to see similar problems or opportunities, but you see it from different perspectives, which I think is really, it's kind of been really interesting, but good to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Um, you actually recently shared an interesting article uh, from the founders of DeepMind on AI ethics mm. and the move from generative to interactive AI. Uh, what's your take on on the future of AI for big brands? Yeah, I, I think that um, generative AI and um, interactive AI are going to change all, all brands <laughs> and all businesses, not necessarily just uh, just big big brands, although I think they will affect them really profoundly. Um, I think that it'll, when it comes to kind of enterprise thinking, it'll impact um, roles of brands for consumers and the enterprise. So I think AI <clears throat> will impact how brands are experienced by consumers. Um, they'll need be more responsive it will make them more personalized it will make uh brands need to be more built around consumers worlds not just a, a brand world a fixed brand world and i think if you if you look further out and if you believe the promise of web3 and, and truly decentralized technologies then you start to see more consumer ownership versus brand ownership and i think that large brands which have spent hundreds of years you know, being relatively fixed and protected are going to have to deal with this really interesting paradox of giving up control whilst also being really trusted. I think that's really interesting. And then I think from a, an enterprise perspective, what I'm incredibly excited about for generative AI and interactive AI and AI in general is just the role that brands can play across the enterprise. So, from the data that they collect, the insight that they leverage, um, the strategic value that they create, um, the fact that they can be a, a focal point and an organizing principle around a brand solving problems versus just delivering a brand promise. Um, so I think there's there's, there's so much change um, which can happen um, with the onset of, of generative AI um, for, for large brands. But 
people need to get out there and start experimenting um, because it's it's going to happen slowly and then really quickly. So I think there is an incredible future, but it's one that we need to get ahead of really quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And you've been leading uh, Next for a while now, first when it was still part of GSK and now at Halion. Um, what are some of the ways that you feel um, like that Halion actually incubates and scales new health brands and products? And then do you use any AI in that sense? Yeah, I mean, I think like everybody else, we're, we're experimenting at, at, you know, at, at pace. And I think that there are there are two ways. I mean, the, the application of, 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 of AI has to start with first principles, which is which is data. <laughs> what data do you have? And then you're trying to understand based on the data you have, the data that you need. I think an awful lot of companies are jumping in, which is which is great. But you need to set some, you need to do some thinking. You need to take a step back before you before you kind of you know speed forward. And um, my dad always used to tell me that when you're you know when you're driving at 80 miles an hour on the motorway, you move your steering wheel very very slowly. <laughs> Maybe so by driving than uh, than anything more profound but i think that uh you know when we've when we've started to experiment we've been asking those questions around does the use of of, of, of ai in this space um help us solve problems in the right way does it help us understand people in the right way does it ultimately move us towards our goal of getting closer to this this opportunity space so there are the kind of the really perfunctory stuff you know there's the back office stuff um mm-hmm. in of um, understanding audiences, data data analytics, um, market mapping, um, opportunity space mapping, all of all of that good stuff. Um, there's also some really profound um, ways in which, particularly in the healthcare space, um, generative AI and AI in general can um, can support things like legal, medical, and regulatory and review processes and copy clearance processes, which are typically very labor intensive for people and actually i think that the most profound thing that ai can do is help creative people be way more creative and spend their time doing the things that they really love doing and probably automate the stuff which you know quite frankly takes longer and with with intelligence can just be can be shortened um so we've been looking at it from a perfunctory standpoint we've also been looking at it obviously in terms of the products that we develop and the experiences we're creating for people so you know a really good example would be how do you make the 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 experience journey to find your product as delightful as possible how do you make the onboarding process as delightful as possible how do you make the content and experience more personalized um how do you actually use it um as a mark of trust, you know, how do we, how do you say to, to consumers, we're gathering data and this is how we're using it in the right way to differentiate because particularly within healthcare, there's so much right concern um, about the use of people's personal health data and how companies are going to be using that. So, um, so I think it's across the board, you know, it, it's another tool in, in an innovators, um, hand, you know, uh, handbook or, or toolbox um, to use, but we've got to really understand the right places to apply it. No, and I think you've you've told me before that you believe that AI is some sort of a um, an art and a science. And and how do you see actually the role of humans in that sense, and uh, how humans versus AI are shaping the future of innovation? Yeah, I, I think it's uh, I think innovation is always going to be a mix of inspiration and perspiration. Um, and I, I I would I think anybody thinking that um, innovation will be replaced by by the robots truly replaced is is um is probably in the wrong place um i think that i need to do a bit more thinking um i think that 
great um, great technology helps humans become more human. In fact, the more technically enabled we are, the more human I think we we must and we can um, become. And the the notion of kind of co-pilot, uh, you know, kind of co-pilots, I think is really interesting um, as a way to help teams, product teams, and innovation leaders more broadly test our most critical assumptions, make our work better, get our get our insights um, more quickly, um, help us um, model out risk in a different way. So I think that there is this blend of um, of kind of kin and and data and beautiful human brains working kind of side by side. Um, but I think that the the way we should be thinking about it is what aspects of you know, of the creative innovation process, do we just think can be more connected and more automated? And then let's let the machines run at that and let's free up our time as innovators to get our sense of really understand kind of the human condition, really understand the human problem and, and reinforce and double down on these incredible skill sets humans have, like empathy and and, and creativity to solve those problems. Um, you know, I think it's just, we're just in such an interesting time at the moment where we're really, and that article that you talked about, um, talks that generative AI is, is the first instance really of where AI is moving towards <laughs> and that things becoming more iterative and more interactive. Um, it's probably where it's going to come. So the question I think, you know, when it comes to inspiration and perspiration, creativity and, and AI and humans working together side by side, this this notion of human machine symbiosis, um, somebody much brighter than me once said, um, is that it enables humans to be more human. Um, and I think it allows us to see further and question more deeply the signals that we see today. So how do we create those sorts of products which we think are going to be meaningful and continue to be meaningful in another five, another 10, another 15 years time based on the signals that we see and how do we get people around those problems today to think really deeply, really, really deeply about it? I love that. I love that the the idea of enabling us to be more human centered and to make better products really oriented at humans uh, in a better way. I think it's like I've put some thought into that as well. And I think the idea of the fact that we have so much data points readily available for us, so like consumer research and data points of, of previous sales, et cetera, allows us to do, I think, a bit, but much better job in actually mm. making products that are just uh, really connected to, to, uh, to what consumers want rather than the new ideas that maybe come up from a, from a different direction. I think, I think that's right. But I think there's, there's, a, there's a watch out there, isn't there, which is, you know, if you can get access to data, uh, you're pretty sure your competitor can as as well. And I think there's a bit of a warning sign just in terms of the ability and over-reliance on, on AI applications um, to deliver creative work, to think creatively, um, and it'll be quick and easy. And now, and who doesn't love quick and easy now, like as a proposition, that sounds great. You know, it's kind of what Prime is based on, I guess. Um, but I think there's a danger in that if everybody... Um, is, is asking the same sorts of questions, the same sort of data, you're going to end up with this um, sea of homogeneity really across the creative landscape. You're going to start to see some brands um, occupying this very thick and deep middle section of just marketing stuff. And I think that creative marketers and, and innovators have been working very hard for the last 200 years to, and more probably to 
drive distinctiveness into their brands, to drive premiumization into their brands, to drive um, trust into their product by standing out in a different way. Um, so there's this watch out that whilst there will be an overview, you can have access to these data points. Everybody will do. So the questions I think businesses and a brand is really just a very thin veil on a business, right? That's all it. It's a, it's a set of values and creative constructs and a, and a promise set across a business. So I think that when we think about the use of AI in, in innovation, we think about, you know, this access that everyone will have, this ubiquity that everyone will have with to the same data points. Businesses need to be considering and innovators need to be charged with, okay, how are we going to put something into market which is going to truly engage people in a meaningful way? which is truly going to differentiate ourselves against this sea of homogeneity, which is going to um, get us access to different differentiated data points, which we can then build into our own data lake, which we can then subvert and use with other data points to drive this data flywheel to make ourselves more unique and to drive our premium proposition. And I think if brands aren't doing that and businesses aren't doing that, they're really in danger of being dragged down into this kind of sea of the middle, you know, um, particularly within creative industries, people are talking an awful lot about how, you know, AI will, you know, will will take away an awful lot of roles, um, or at least augment them, which I think it will. And for those sorts of brands and businesses which have got incredibly high turnover of creative product, let's think about a, a retailer, for instance, who has just the need to just smash out ads, you know, really ads with prices and to kind of stay competitive. You can totally see the role of AI there. Yeah. Like, not do that like it just makes it makes complete sense that you're going to have a machine which is going to take a product it's going to select it in the right way it's going to do it's going to put the offer in it it's going to have all the um, legals on it and it's going to spit it out in the right way loads of sense at one end of the funnel but the other bit of the funnel you know where we see it kind of driving differentiation and the reason a consumer would go and trust a brand and the reason someone would walk through the door or click onto a website or whatever it might be like that use and application of ai at that point the type of creative product and service that you're going to drive at that point in the funnel the the way you're going to engage people on a longer term basis at that point very different use of ai very different use of intelligence very different use of people different sorts of teams, different sorts of mentalities, different routes to market, different models. And that's what's so exciting about it, is this application across the funnel of, of, of creativity and innovative innovation in business. Awesome. I can, I can really see the, the passion for creativity oh, and innovation. <laughs> uh, so no, it's, it's been super interesting, this, this talk. And actually, maybe with that, I would love to, to, uh, to know or end up with, uh, with the idea of how did you end up in, in innovation and what made you um come in this uh in this space ah. yeah it's it's weird you know I, I remember being at university and um a student and we were sat around the telly with my housemates and there was just this disproportionate amount of chat about ads i was like what and i did ling i did english language linguistics as a degree and i always loved how language changes people and it's so expressive and 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 tells us so much about people and the language that they use. And I remember thinking, wow, like this is cool. Like people like talking about advertising and brands. And I think I quite like talking about brands and advertising. So but what I liked was the notion of creativity solving business problems. And, you know, I was a real Lego head when I was younger and I like making things and dismantling them and building new things. And 
when I learned music, I could never understand why you'd want to sound like somebody else or play the notes that you're in front of you. It used to drive my parents and my piano teacher insane. I'd be like, I don't want to play that. I want to play this. And I'd make my own stuff and I'd make up my own songs and stuff. And, and then when you get into business, you go, I don't really like the fact that that's kind of the solution. We should go and, we should go and change that. And, and I've loved, and that's kind of evolved, I think, more into, you know, white space, white space thinking where um, someone asked me the other day, which I thought was such a great question. Um, it's Monday morning. You're on your way to work. What's the meeting you're most looking forward to this week? And I was like, oh, that's such a great question. I, thought, I ask myself that every week now. And I said it was it's the it's the meeting with the biggest problem and the biggest whiteboard and the most motivated people to solve that problem and the ability to actually deliver it. Like I'm knowing walking into that room that there's a big problem, but we're gonna decompose it. We're gonna recompose it in a much better way. And then we're going to go and do something about it. And so that's kind of been that thread through my career, I guess, of every place I've worked, whether it was, you know, 12 or 13 years in agencies, which was a lot of it was new business and with clients coming to us and saying, we've got this problem. Can you help us solve it? Whether it's in the two startups going, we need to find product market fit and get to market in different ways. And how do we change our product and experience? And how do we think about salesmen and all this stuff in consultancies where you're in with incredibly smart people um, and with clients who have got a genuine future vision as to where they're moving towards you, working on really meaningful things. Um, or as a, as a client myself, where I was so excited, particularly within healthcare at the time, um, for a couple of different personal reasons. Like I, I lost my dad to pancreatic cancer and we lost a daughter really late on in pregnancy. And, and that was really meaningful for me to kind of go, this just seems like such a big problem place. Like, how can we change that? How can we make it more human? Um, but it's always been this drive of somebody showing me a problem and going, we think it's, we think we can do it differently. And I'm like, okay, let's go after that. You know, and that, that's been the exciting thing. And it, and it can express itself in so many different ways. And it gets you in touch with just the most amazing people, you know, just the most inspiring people. And I think your job as a leader in this space, in a, in a business or in any, any context, as everyone leads something, even if it's just themselves, which is often the most important thing before you do anything else, um, is enabling other people to go after those problem spaces as well, you know, which I think has been so cool. So, yeah, I feel very lucky. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, super interesting chat. And uh, Thank you, I definitely uh, can love to continue to follow your work. And uh, yeah, I hope, uh, I don't know if you, you liked the talk. Uh, whether you I did. I, I think that, I, I think that um, these are all like, super provocative and interesting questions that um any leader and any business needs to be getting their head around you know what what is generative or what is generative or interactive or iterative ai to us um how are we set up for success to to capitalize on it um what is what are the big problems we're trying to solve um and what value ultimately are we trying to create and how are we organized to do that? Innovation is a, takes a village, you know, it's, it is a, it's a, it's a lesson in corporate sociology and psychology more than anything else. It's rarely got anything to do with technology. It's always about aligning people around the same problem and motivating them against the same um, tasks, you know, to solve problems for in, a, in a really determined way. And um, I think that these sorts of questions that you're asking around where 
the role of brands, how innovators can can capitalize on this and continue to learn through these technological changes, which are going to go so quickly, like so quickly. I, I feel every time every week I'm more dumb than I was last week because just so much change is happening. And then you have to work out what's true and what's not true and what's real and all that sort of stuff. But I think these are the sorts of questions, the questions that you're asking, the work you're doing, the board of innovation, like is critical for, for people to, you know, to kind of, to, to accelerate them. So um, but I've really enjoyed the time. And thank you very much. Love it. Thank you, Nick. No worries. Thanks, Vincent.